You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. We have a special edition of the show today. I've got some incredibly talented recovery life coaches joining me. And this episode is all going to be about surviving your family during the holidays. So I'd like to welcome my guests. I've got Meredith Wycliffe uh, joining me, Amber Jamison, Christina Dennis, and Michelle Rowley, all Recovered Life coaches on recoveredlife.us. Welcome, ladies. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. Welcome. I am so glad that we are all uh, together here today uh, talking about this. Look, I know that each of you guys are experts in what you do. And a Mm -hmm. lot of it has to do with codependency, the family unit, co-occurring disorders, staying sober, day-to-day staying sober. So I'm glad that we were able to do this show because I think it's going to help a lot of people because not only surviving sober, if you have an alcohol or drug problem, but just surviving your family during the holidays and not feeling like (laughs) you're an emotional wreck could be really, really rough. So I wanted to have this conversation today to really kind of dial in on, um, on, on this because it's such an important topic. Meredith, I wanted to talk with you first. Uh, welcome to the show. I want to talk with you about the whole family, you know, dealing with the family. Uh, why is dealing with the family so darn difficult during the holidays if you're in recovery? Well, I guess for me, you know, growing up in dysfunction, um, we don't really know um, that it's dysfunction. Um, So it becomes like very normal. And once you start getting into recovery and you start learning some of the new tools, you start practicing some of the behaviors, it's very, very different. It feels very um, odd. It doesn't, it feels completely abnormal, almost like you're learning a different language. So it's not your native language. Um, So you have to be I guess you have to work extra hard at it um, as you're learning because you're still living life. You know, life still happens in recovery. You know, Um, I know for me, managing my expectations was the hardest, hardest thing, Um, because if everybody else would just do what I wanted them to do, then the world would be great. Right. Um, My world didn't work like that. So I had to make some adjustments. And in order for me to do that, I had to become very well aware of what my dysfunctional patterns were and how I was thinking. And um, one of the biggest tools that helped me was being able to accept that drug addiction is a disease and being able to show them love and compassion. So I could expect them to show up exactly as they were. And I didn't have to blame them or shame them in any kind of way. Um, And I did, I did that my whole life and I've, became very miserable and bitter in doing that when I shifted my mindset and I started managing my own expectations, life with family got a whole lot better. And I became a lot better also. Well, you, you're mentioning patterns here. And I think that that's, that's one of the things that you start to see. I think when you're in recovery is like, wow, maybe some of these patterns that I'm dealing with or seeing, they're not healthy. How did you start to separate what you thought was healthy and unhealthy behavior? For me, it was all based on how I felt. You know, I always felt alone. I felt very isolated. Um, And I didn't know why. I thought there was something wrong with me. Um, And there wasn't anything wrong with me um, other than I had been raised in dysfunction (laughs) and didn't realize it. Um, So 
when I had to first really take a look at myself, I got into recovery trying to get someone else sober because I didn't have a problem. Um, so I thought, um, but I learned very quickly that these are these patterns, they're behavioral patterns and they are very universal in drug addiction, alcoholism, workaholism, um, codependency. They are all um, very familiar. Um, they're universal. So in examining those patterns, I never would have been able to examine my patterns had I not got, gotten into recovery. But um, that was where it, it all began with me. You know, I'm a recovering codependent and it all started with me. And that was the shift. When I came in, everybody else was the problem. But I've stayed now for me because I was the one that needed the work. I was the one that needed the the healing. I was the one that needed to change the way I thought I couldn't change how I lived. I couldn't change my past, couldn't hope for a better childhood. Um, so I had to start living right in the moment, um, living one day at a time and being able to have, you know, a, a loving recovering community like Recovered Life help me, help me learn how to do it. I watched you guys do it. So that's how so I great. So great. Uh, such great advice, Meredith. I think, you know, as you go through recovery, you start to see, you become aware of more things, but I love that advice about, you know, uh, helping yourself first, you know, being able to get into your own recovery first, and then just understand people's limitations. Michelle Rowley uh, is joining us today, and she is uh, a co-occurring uh, disorder expert with addiction and has a, a phenomenal room that we have on Recover Life uh, meeting every week. Michelle, I have a question for you. Um, you know, the holidays could be a very stimulating time. There's a lot going on, the tree, the lights. I mean, literally you have like lights blinking at you, right? <laughs> how, how do you control, sometimes people in recovery, especially people that might have co-occurring disorders, right? Um, might not handle overstimulation well, and you can't control everything that you're going to do if you're a guest at somebody's house or somebody's coming over to your home. How do you handle that, Michelle? What are the tips that you've got for that? Well, one of the main tips I can think of, and this may seem very simple, but is making sure you get enough sleep. Um, if you're going into a situation where you're going to be overstimulated, a lot of um, mental mental um, illnesses come along with having some form of insomnia. I know I have bipolar too, and there are times that uh, my circadian rhythm will get off. And when it's in the holidays and there's so much overstimulation, I, I feel that that's easily, easily done. And so that's one of the things I think getting enough sleep, it may sound simple, but it's so important to your mental health, um, especially when you're just for myself, I began drinking alcohol as a way to try to control that. I tried to control my mood cycles by um, drinking. And we all know that doesn't work. Um, it's a short-term solution um, that doesn't um, doesn't pan out. Uh, so I think that's one of the main things for me is to make sure I get enough sleep. But second important, if you are a person who... Um, who takes medication, which I am, is to make sure I'm doing that regularly. Another one that may seem simple on paper, but is really really easy to get out of that flow when you um, when you have different different activities that you're doing, and it's not set to your schedule, but it's set to to other people's schedules. 
Um, so I think that's another one. So getting enough sleep, making sure you're taking your medications, um, going for a walk. I know I have um, family members that I need to step away from sometimes um, or situations. It really doesn't matter. It could be delightful conversations that are um, very stimulating or it could be you know, opposite um, things that can happen in, in families in general. So that's another one is to kind of step away. Mm. And one of the tools I use is doing something one mindfully. So trying to do whatever I'm doing, the task I'm doing, one thing at a time and kind of that one breath at a time concept to try to center myself. Um, so if I'm, if I'm getting, if I'm putting things in a certain place at the family dinner, this happens, you know, things have to be a certain way in my family, which I, I'm rather chaotic. So that's not my normal um, with how I manage things. So just making sure I'm doing that one mindfully, one at a time. Um, another thing that kind of came up with when Meredith and Christina were speaking or what I've heard them say in the past is one thing I've learned through them speaking about codependency is that fixed manage and control part of it. I think that's important to remember when you're someone who has mental health issues as well. Don't try to fix, manage, or control your symptoms. Um, just kind of prepare for all outcomes and do that by setting the stage for it, getting enough sleep, taking those medications. That's um, great advice. I, You know, one quick question I want to ask you, Michelle, on that is the you know, the whole idea of co-occurring disorders, I think is, is very mysterious for people. Like, let's say that you even have an anxiety disorder, trying to figure out what is anxiety? What is addiction? What is just general life uncomfortableness, right? Is so, is so uh, difficult, I think, right? For people, it's like to be able to separate that out. What do you do if you feel that you're in crisis, right? In the moment, What's the first thing that you do if you can't really kind of figure out what that is? For me, you know, it's when you're in crisis, you're in crisis. Um, so sometimes that um, I know as someone who has anxiety, sometimes that can come overwhelmingly. I can prepare the best I can. Um, but I mean, face it, there's times where I've been in a situation where I will have um, I've had anxiety attacks before. Um and so just trying to, again, trying to center myself, take myself out of situation. Um, gosh, if one of the things that comes to mind with the holidays is I am so overstimulated by going out into the shops. Um, that is just something that is way overstimulating for me. And it is something that causes anxiety for myself. And I do have to, I have to limit what I'm doing. Um, and so that would be the case, same, the same case on the day, I think, when dealing with families is to try to, um, if you're feeling anxiety, to pull yourself away and to remind yourself that this is temporary. This is temporary. Um, it is Such going great to advice. pass. Yes. Yeah. That's great. Um, that's, that's great. It is temporary and it will pass. And, you know, I think it's just getting wrapped up in that moment. You know, Amber Jamison is is with us today. And I know you talk a lot about physical sobriety. And one of the issues, which is surviving the family, uh, family during the holidays, Amber, is actually just physically staying sober. I know when I got sober, you know, the world didn't change. I still had family members that drank. And then you're launched back in, sometimes held captive, <laughs> right? <laughs> In a, in, a, in a city that you grew up in or whatever, and you 
are there and everybody's drinking. How do you, Amber, what are your best tips that you give as a coach to help people physically stay sober and set that family visit up for success? Um, I would say I really focus on a lot of um, self-care, self-rest, making sure I make my, um, making sure I really fill my cup up before I engage in whatever it is that I need to do for the day or for the week. Um, I know a lot of things that have helped me in my recovery are um, kind of balancing because normally the holidays for me is when I would usually uh, really engage with my addictions or there would be a lot of overindulgence and all kinds of things. And it would be kind of me looking for that pleasure. And so I know for me, it's really important that I set up my life where I'm incorporating a lot of pleasure and play. Um, so for me, like a big one is uh, games, like making sure I have board games, um, different things that I can engage with, with the people around me, if I'm going to be around people in a way that's fun um, and kind of get, and it kind of breaks some of that, uh, that cycle of like, oh, and then we drink and then we do this and then we eat, you know, it's like, there's other things to kind of engage myself with. Um, also just making sure I take time in the morning and in the evening to really take care and nourish myself in whatever way, whether that's taking a hot shower or hot bath or getting extra sleep, or, um, I have like fuzzy socks, like Christmas socks and sweaters that I like to bring. Um, just really making sure I pamper myself during this time because, uh, especially for us in recovery, that's, you know, it can be really triggering, um, and it can be a harsh experience for some of us. So I just really almost up the, the self-care and babying. <laughs> I just really baby myself during this time. I love that. I love that. Now, setting up the success, you know, I love how you said that you're carving out some time for yourself and some things that make you feel comfortable and some things that you can do so that you know that your brake padding is, isn't there. So you're like metal to metal when something happens. For those of that, for those people that are listening to this that say, you know, they might be listening to this on Christmas, Christmas Eve, New Year's, and they're like, oh, no, the, the car's already on fire, right? <laughs> like, I'm already in a situation where I feel trapped and I want to drink. What is your best advice to them if they're listening to this and they're saying, oh, it's already gotten to the point where I'm feeling like I'm getting cravings and things are actually happening and I'm getting really triggered? What would be your advice as a coach to them? Uh, regulate that nervous system. <laughs> um, I know that this is something that's a practice, uh, but really removing myself from whatever situation it is, um, even if it's going and laying down and putting some heavy blankets on myself and taking some good deep breaths, um, whether it's taking just really, uh, separating myself to a place where I feel safe, um, getting that nervous system back down to, um, to a spot that feels good for me. There's lots of different things that I do, even holding myself, even letting myself cry. Sometimes a good cry is like, honestly, if you can just run away to the closet and cry for a minute, like I feel so much better afterwards. Um, it's hard in those moments. So sometimes it's, I feel for me it, to, to resist it makes it worse. And sometimes just leaning into uh, the softer parts of me help kind of relieve some of that tension. 
I love that. Such great advice, Amber. Thank you. Uh, Christina Dennis, uh, I know you talk all about codependency and during the holidays, which seems to really run rampant, right? Like everybody's expectations. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. How do you set boundaries? How do you set healthy boundaries during the holiday I where you still are not going to offend people, right? Right. Like you're, you're still, it's, it's going to, it's not going to be. A, a combat zone right when you walk in there, but how do you set healthy boundaries so that you're going to have a healthy and productive and, and happy holiday? Oh yes. Right. It's so easy to be in a reactionary mode and even people that are not part of recovery are also triggered during this time. So it's, it's going in with this perspective that everybody has a set of emotions when they're walking into holidays, everybody has expectations. You know, one of the things that I teach my clients and, and I have learned is that having a communications plan is so smart and, and, you know, it may feel like you're not being authentic, but knowing ahead of time where you're going to sit, you know, uh, which family member you're going to, you know, indulge in conversation with because they're safe, perhaps having a conversation with an ally who's within the family is very, very helpful. But honestly, you know, remember that people really like to talk about themselves. So if you're being highlighted, let's say you're the scapegoat, I was the scapegoat of my family. It was really important that I went in with a list of questions that I was going to ask them about their life, get them talking. They'll think it's the best conversation they've ever had um, because really people like to talk about themselves. So I try to go in with this mindset of how do I be of service and how do I direct the conversation into areas in which I'm comfortable? And, you know, as an addict, there was so many years where uh, it was just about surviving. So kind of setting a little goal for myself to go in and connect with different family members in a very light way. It's like offense instead of playing defense. I find it to be really, really helpful. Yeah, I love that. You know, I remember back when I first got sober and it, for years, I, you know, I really looked at the holidays as a way that I could be of service which took mm -hmm. out a lot of my expectations. And then what would happen is there'd be little jewels of things that would yes. happen. Maybe I'd have a great conversation with a niece or nephew or, you know, a great conversation with a parent or something or aunt or uncle. So I, I do think that that whole service air, that service thing is great. Um, I think one of the things that a lot of people ask, and I know we hear this on recovered life a lot in the meetings is, wow, maybe I just can't have a, a holiday with certain relatives because no matter what I do, it's always screwed up and it always leaves me a wreck, right? Like I hear this a lot and it's, it's very Absolutely. sad on one hand, right? Because, you know, everybody wants to recover and live their best recovered life, but sometimes you can't do it. H how do you, how do you make that de determination of it's like, you oh. know what, maybe Christmas isn't the best. Maybe a day in August is better. To actually yes. meet with you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll get together on your birthday, what, whatever you need to do. But speaking with somebody beforehand and having a game plan is really the way to 
kind of set your own boundaries. And remember, we do not have to go for the whole weekend. I know just because it was done before does not mean that we need to continue that tradition. So for me, I really look at the best time. I connect with, you know, family on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day is really about me relaxing and taking care of myself. And, you know, my son's playing with his new electronics. My husband's happy and I get to just kind of deescalate because it's such a stressful time in the world. And if you're sensitive, uh, like most of us addicts are, uh, that that is piling up on you. And so I, I, I don't think it's the time. And I hope Tim and you and I've said this several times before, it is not the time to go in and start talking about deep stuff. You are not going to fix the family on that day. Um, they, you, you might feel like it, you may have been having all of this new self-awareness, but remember, they haven't been in the same meetings that you've been. They're exactly the same people as they were before. And so really keeping it light, you know, not making your amends at the Christmas dinner table, uh, not, you know, not saying uh, I've changed. Why are you still talking to me like I haven't changed? And just understanding, you know, that is where they are. I'm going to keep mm -hmm. my expectations set and I'm going to just be of service. You know, that's so funny. I, I think everybody who is a coach has gotten that call from a client saying, you know, during that, during the holidays, it's like, you know what, this is the time I'm going to, you know, <laughs> talk to my uncle about what happened in third grade. And, you know, no. it's just such <laughs> the most inappropriate time. It's like, you're just setting yourself up. It's not going to go like you think. You know, it I'd isn't. like to open this up a little bit because we talk we talked a lot about expectations, which I think, and self-care, uh, you mm -hmm. know, self-care being a big one. It's a, uh, almost all of your tips come down to a self-care thing. What are some other self-care tips, you know, as a group here, as the dream team of getting somebody through the holidays with their family, uh, sober and happy? What are some of the tips that people can deploy during the holidays to make sure it's going to go well for them? I have um, five self-care tips that are really quick. Um, I am one that um, had to make that difficult decision that um, spending family time with or spending holidays with my family is not what is best for me. So I had to come up with some other things. But the best to come up with is uh, no is a complete sentence. Do a feelings check in. Check in with yourself. See where you are. Um, and be honest with yourself. Um, the second one is boundaries are beautiful. Use them. Uh, they can keep both people safe. Um, the third one is you don't have to stay anywhere that makes you feel unsafe. Um, always have your own way home. Fourth, keep your own cup or fill your own cup first uh, before you fill someone else's. And the last one is uh, do it different. The opposite of addiction is connection. So reach out, ask for help. Love that. Love, love that. that. Such great advice. I have a, I have a kind of logistics one. I love that Meredith said, you know, have your own way home. Like that is so powerful and allows you to stay, you know, focused on your own recovery and taking care of your own business. I want go, go full, eat before you go. <laughs> you know, the whole point of the uh, the whole point of the uh, actual family interaction is to connect, not to eat. And I have low blood sugar. If I go into a event that is already stressful and I'm hungry, 
it never works out. So it might sound simple, but have that snack in your purse. Let's say dinner is an hour later than you thought it would be. Very, very difficult. So taking care of my physical needs first is one of the, the things that I always recommend people do. That is so great. Michelle, what about you? What are what are some of the tips that you could tell people, uh, you know, to get through some self-care tips that really work for you? Um, goodness, the some of the self-care tips is um, we've all kind of gone over some of them. But um, I guess, again, I'm somebody who has who can be prone to high emotion, especially when I was new to learning um, my learning assets and other things with, um, my, my mental health symptoms and, um, the, yeah, so I have to take myself out of high emotions sometimes, um, and recognize that, recognize, um, you know, is something situational happening that I need to, um, have some self self care going on, um, and whatever that is. And, and when I talk about high emotions, it's, too much joy can be a thing for me. Sometimes being too happy will really ramp me up. And kind of like what Christina was said, disconnect me from making those connections. Um, so that's like one of the things I, I kind of have to get into place is regulating my emotions, I think. Love that. I know, Amber, you were talking a lot about the the weighted blankets and all of that stuff that, that you know, pampering yourself, making sure you you know, have the things that you need to be able to feel comfortable. One of the things I did, and and I'd like you to talk a little bit about this is like scheduling downtime. I know that sometimes when I was out and visiting out of town and I had access to a car, I would tell them in advance, Hey, you know what? I have to leave from two to four because I want to go see a friend or I want to show, you know, a, another family member, an area of town or a high school that I grew up at. Right. Something like that. Do you, what, what are the little things that you use to be able to carve out that time for yourself? Oh yeah, definitely downtime is so important. Um, a good like reset, I feel like is always something that I prioritize. Um, whether that's, um, you know, before I go to an event or visit family, I take time to do like an hypnosis or a meditation um, or whether it's while I'm there, if there's some time where I've got, you know, 10, 15 minutes, I can take a break, go lay down, uh, you know, find that space within myself that I can totally calm down, reset, get my mind right again, um, and then en engage with wherever I am at that time. I think many resets are really important. Um, they give you a chance to find safety within yourself again very quickly. And it kind of gives you that chance to uh, step out of whatever kind of cycle or spiral may be happening or that might be starting um, and just kind of giving yourself that uh, that step ahead of, of whatever you're engaging in. The other thing I was going to say as a self-care um, tip is I, I truly believe in like, um, I know that us being in recovery, like, celebrating yourself so like for me it's like before I go out or go and engage in whatever it is like taking that extra time to really um, take extra grooming care and really put in extra time and energy because we have all like we've all worked so hard we might as well come into some of these uh you know celebrations celebrating yourself 
So that was just something that came up too. Absolutely right. I think you do have to celebrate every day you wake up, especially during the holidays. I think it's a great time if you're doing the deal in recovery, whether it's just you're dealing with codependency or you're dealing with codependency and physical sobriety, whatever that might be, right? Just taking that time to be able to say, hey, I'm sober today and it's working and I'm here, right? What I kind of hear from everybody, which is interesting, and I know this has happened for me, the expectation word. It seems to be mm -hmm. what really brings things down. Like, I know it's like expectations of what, how people should react when you give them the gift or uh, expectations <laughs> of how the day is going to go, right? And it doesn't go that way. One of the biggest joys that I've received in recovery is being able to reframe my expectations and actually lower them a lot when it comes to other people, right? What, what are some of the tips that you guys could give about that expectations word? Because it does seem to be where all of the suffering comes from. It originates in the holidays with these expectations about the way it should be. Oh, I love this question because, uh, you know, one, one of the tips that I always give is setting your intention and doing it with another person. And so once you realize that we actually all have some expectations, we all have this idea of what a perfect holiday is. I mean, you can't get away from it. Um, the holiday movies, everybody has these, you know, kind of Hollywood made up stuff about what they think is going to happen. And so what I do with my clients and what I do for my own recovery and serenity is checking in with somebody and saying, okay, this is, this is what I can probably expect. This is what I can control, my behavior. This is what I need to remember before I walk in. And even setting up a call halfway through, I, you know, just checking in with somebody who does know you and doesn't have the history with you that maybe your mom or Aunt Carol has is going to help you understand this is a matter of three hours, let's say. I can do anything for three hours. I can walk in and be, you know, polite. I can, you know, try to have uh, an intention to be of service. And that usually helps me with my expectations. It could be just, it is just another day. And uh, that that is important for me and my addict brain to remember. This is just eight hours. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's such great advice. I know, Meredith, how do you, you know, you've got a really great room all about dysfunctional families, right? All about how to kind of identify what's going on and kind of heal within that. How do you uh, reframe the expectations when you feel people are putting expectations on you that you, you cannot deliver in any way, right? Like, I know that that's happened to me is that people put expectations on me that there is a, one, I never, I, I never accepted them, right? And I can't, I could never really live up to that. How do you reframe it so that, that, that you could, you know, at least get through so there's not huge conflict? For me, and I can speak from coming from a dysfunctional family with my sister, um, the biggest thing that has been for me has been showing up with love and acceptance, accepting and meeting people exactly where they are instead of where you want them to be. My sister is still in active addiction and um, it's very difficult, uh, very difficult to be around. But I know if I look back into my history, 
every year I expected her to show up sober. <laughs> and that was me to manage. I would, you know, by me not managing that unrealistic expectation, um, it caused a lot of struggle and a lot of unrest. Um, I was not at peace during the holidays. Um, so in this part of my journey in recovery now, um, just meeting people where they are, showing up with love and compassion um, and acceptance um, and being able to know what their capability is and not, you know, shooting all over them. You know, I think mm. that's been a, a big thing for me is, well, she should be here. Or she should be X or Y or whatever, you know, whatever, whenever you put should in front of it, it's disastrous for me. <laughs> um, so I guess the best answer is just showing up with love and acceptance. And I, that has been a big part of my recovery journey. It's mm. helped me tremendously, brought me a lot of peace. Sure. Great, great advice, Meredith. You know, I was thinking, Amber, uh, about something that you said earlier about, you know, showing up and taking care of yourself with the, and this goes to expectations a little about what Meredith said. Uh, you know, the physical sobriety of it all, if, if you're struggling and maybe this is the first couple of years and you're, you're not struggling anymore, but you, you know, look as recovered as people in recovery, you don't really want to hang around people that are drinking. And I know that when I first went to a family function, there were people that did not believe I was an alcoholic that I was in recovery. They just would not accept mm -hmm. it. They just refused. Right. Because it said something about them L later. I figured out, right. How do you navigate around those drinkers that might be friends or you run into them at the mall or whatever. Right. And you want to hang out with them. How do you navigate that Amber when you just feel that maybe this might not be a danger, this might be a dangerous situation for me. Well, I will say, um, for me, I've noticed that the evening time seems to be a little bit more of a danger zone, especially being around family and friends that, you know, are still engaging in drinking or whatever addictions. Um, so sometimes I will put more, uh, I will separate more time to spend time with them during the day or even early more, like not early morning, but like late morning or afternoon. And then in the evening, maybe even um, setting up a way that I can uh, either watch a movie in another room separate from them or, oh man, I guess finding things that work for me in that situation. Um, gosh, it just depends on that I know for me, like if they're drinking a lot and I still want to be around them somewhat, I will make sure that I have different uh, teas or kombuchas or uh, drinks that will I can keep on hand and then uh, just really watch the amount of time. And if once I start feeling a little funny, I go ahead and get out of the situation. So I, I really great, have, great advice. Yeah, I have a pretty strong boundary about leaving the situation immediately when I start to get to that point. I love that. It's like creating that strong boundary and, you know, knowing your limits, I think is so important and not trying to, what I call John Wayne it, you know, it's like, <laughs> know your limits of what you actually could do. and could not do Michelle. We're talking about expectations here. And I know you have a family and it's so hard sometimes if you're the person that's putting on the event, right? Like it shifts sometimes from going to the event in recovery to actually being the person who's putting the event on and kids and managing that. How do you handle with those family expectations and those roles, right? Like I always did this 
in the family, but now I don't really, I'm not necessarily that person anymore. I'm not, I don't fill that role. How do you, how do you handle that recovery? Um, I, you know, again, by being prepared for the situation, um, when you, when you have co-occurring disorders, there's that double, double, um, double difficulty, I guess is the best way to say it. You're, you're managing your addiction. Um, and then you're also managing your mental health symptoms and maybe, Maybe part of that is that what you what you can do may be different. I know for me, once um, with bipolar, once I was on a mood stabilizer, there are some things I couldn't keep up my momentum. My momentum, I think, um, and so yeah, trying to manage those expectation expectations for myself, and then not try um, to put so much focus on what other people expect from me, and it's. Um, comes down to that, just be possible for out, all outcomes. Just because maybe your ability to not do something like you used to do it doesn't mean necessarily that that's going to um, to impact the holiday or impact the other people. I love that. Such great advice, guys. Such great advice. Uh, Christina, final thoughts here on surviving your family during the holidays. What would you tell people who listen to this and they're like, oh, I'm really worried about this. I, I'm just not quite sure. Uh, I know that they could get through you. I think we all know, right. They could get through the holidays uh, happy too. That, that's another thing is yes. being happy in the holidays. Yes. What's your, what's the final thoughts here? Uh, mine's going to be, have a game plan. Um, it's not weird to think ahead of time and, you know, remember who they've been in the past, check your expectations, have a game plan, share it with somebody and also reach out. So, you know, have that. I'm going to check in with you. I'm going to, you know, walk in through this door. This is what I am expecting. This is how I'm going to behave. And, you know, my intention on this day is to be of service, to receive. Um, and, and remember, it's only this much time in your life. Absolutely. It is. It's just a day or a couple of days. All of this expectation that I think we heap on ourselves just causes such grief, right? And just that that idea of what I'm getting from everybody here, all the experts in the room, is just to let go a little bit and just to kind of roll mm -hmm. with it, not to be so planned, you know, everything with this expectation and desire all the time to make everything perfect. Things Life's not perfect, right? Life's not perfect. Mm -mm. Listen, this has been an amazing episode. Thank you so much, everybody. For joining us. Uh, I would like to remind everybody, uh, we've got some really great Recovered Life uh, meetings that are happening uh, every week on uh, Recovered Life. And they are hosted uh, by a lot of the people that you're seeing on stage here with me today. Uh, Michelle, you have got a really great uh, co-occurring disorder room, correct? Uh, I that do. That goes on on Saturdays. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Well, and so these, the next two Saturdays, one's Christmas Eve, and then the next is New Year's Eve, I believe. <laughs> um, and so I am going to just kind of tackle the, um, what are the differences between like holiday bl blues um, rather than other, other um, symptoms of your mental illness um, and tackle that. And then for New Year's, like tackle, um, those, what can, when we're setting up those resolutions, what can be realistic um, things to, to plan for, for the next year? I love that. I love that guys. Check that out. That is Saturday. 
and you can check it out at recoveredlife.us. And Meredith, you you have a room all about uh, dysfunction, right? All about family dysfunction. Uh, if people are suffering from the drama of it all, tell us a little about what they could get in your meeting. Yeah, my meeting is on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And um, we cover all different kinds of topics. Um, I know this week, um, this Wednesday coming up, so tomorrow, we're going to be talking about nurturing ourselves. Um, you know, holiday time is just a time that, you know, we just get beat up. Um, it could be life in general. It could be financial. It could be um, eating. It could be family things. There's a lot of different uh, ways that we can uh, love and nurture ourselves. And, you know, I'm a big supporter of, you know, keeping our cup full first. We can't show up for others if, you know, from an empty cup and we can't pour into others from an empty cup. So absolutely. Um, yeah. A lot of this is just taking care of yourself first. Amber, um, I know coaching is a huge thing too. And obviously you're a coach on recovered life. Um, can you talk a little bit about just the role of a coach during the holidays, during this period of time, because it's so important sometimes to have somebody that can walk you through step-by-step uh, you know, what you can, to, to how to actually navigate all of these pitfalls. Um, well, I, my coach right now is Christina and she's great. It's, um, it's so helpful, uh, being able to have her with me in my pocket <laughs> and being able to, uh, connect with her during any kind of moment, just as that reset and to kind of, uh, keep my, you know, eyes straight and give those, get through those, some of those struggling times. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it really helps to, you know, for certain people to be able to walk through that step and have that guidance with people oh, yeah. who've actually gone through it in a peer support way. Christina, uh, setting healthy boundaries, a room, a meeting that we've got on recovered life. Tell us a little bit about that for people that might want to work on that little codependency stuff that we are talking <laughs> yeah. about today. Well, we'll definitely focus on language. Um, you know, I think Meredith said it earlier. It is a new language, learning how to put yourself first and share your needs to consider them, think about it. And in that space, we do everything. We talk about, you know, some of the, the reasons why we struggle with having to set boundaries. Um, you know, there's here's a total secret. Uh, codependents are made. They're not born. And so we really look at some of the behaviors behind uh, the reason that we struggle with setting boundaries. But we're also going to talk about like just how you say it to poor old Aunt Carol, that you don't want to talk about the last time that you were super drunk. And so we give real good life tactical sentences. So people get used to saying them. Poor Aunt Carol is going to be disappointed this holiday season. <laughs> I know. So setting I, I healthy don't have boundaries. <laughs> Thursday, uh, Thursday at what, 5 p.m.? You could uh, 5 p.m. Pacific. 5 PM, right? So yeah, it's awesome. 5 p.m. Pacific, so 8 where Meredith is. <laughs> So anybody who is suffering during the holidays, if they don't think they're going to be able to survive their family during the holidays, there are some great rooms and coaches here to help you on Recovered Life. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us today. This was super helpful. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody and uh, happy yes. holidays and get through uh, your family during the holidays. Survive it. Yep. Thank Bye you. Guys. Thank you guys. Merry Christmas. 
Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.